Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. We're now in the middle of chapters 4 and 5 in this teaching series, and there's one word that kind of summarizes this section. It's called, uh, it's, it's called walking. And it's this idea of walking out our faith. And this message today is all about walking out our faith, and it leads to unity. And that's going to be the, the desire and the goal, because we want to be a part of a unified church. Right, everybody? We do. And then chapter 6, and we're going to see a little bit of it today in our text, talks about a spiritual reality that we're, that there's there's an enemy in this world. There's evil in this world. But those of us that are in Christ Jesus, we're victorious. And that we have hope. We don't need to be afraid. And as Christy was, was sharing with you, that, that there is a battle. But that in Christ, in Christ alone, uh, we have our victory and we have our hope. And we've read the end of the book and Jesus wins and we win. And that's good news. Amen, church? That's the good news. So with that being said, I'm calling this morning's message simply this, walking in the newness of Christ. And in chapter 4, verses 17 to 30, um, there is a big idea. And so for some of you that are big idea people, um, or you want to go back to watching the 49ers play right now on your device, um, I want to give you the big idea so you can go back to sleep or go back to do whatever you're doing. But here it is. If you're taking notes in your bulletin, here's the big idea. Is that our goal is that we want to become more like Jesus. Would you guys agree with me on that, everyone? Our goal is that as Christ followers, we want our life and the life of Jesus to become um, almost like two lanes merging into one. We want ourselves to become more like Jesus. And if it was super easy, everybody would be doing it. But here's the challenge. The challenge is number two, is that we have this thing in this world called sin. And we have a nature, and it is called a sin nature. Um, and we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk about how we can live out the teachings of Jesus, how we can be unified in unity in Christ, even though we live in a sinful world. With that being said, let's go ahead. And if you would, I hate to do this to you, but out of honor for God's word, would you stand to your feet? And we're going to go ahead and read our text for this morning. Ready? Here we go. So I tell you this, and I insist on it. Now, by the way, Paul is writing from a jail cell in Rome to the city of Ephesus, which is in modern day Turkey. And for him to use a word called insist, it's his way of saying, this is really what everyone important. This is something that we really need to not only consider, but we need to do. I insist on it that in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Everyone say thinking. This is going to be about the battle of our mind today. Because where we walk, we'll first think it before we go there. Does that make sense? This is our thinking. So they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due, I'm going to keep this slide here for a second, to the hardening of their hearts. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this first chunk of Scripture other than to say Paul uses the word called Gentile. And for us in our world today, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But basically it was a non-Jewish person, but worse than that, it was a pagan person. A person who believed that there was a God, but that it didn't really matter. You could just do whatever you wanted to do. And what he was saying is, is that some of you Christians, 
Some of you Jewish Christians have started to submit to some of the patterns of this world. Let's go on and read next scripture. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Now, this is a picture of our culture today. Would you agree with me on that, everyone? Not a lot has changed in 2,000 years. And Paul is writing about a church in a pagan culture, and it looks just like Fresno and Clovis, California. But I love this next word, however. Everyone say, however. Oh, I need to say a little louder. Everyone say, however. Okay, we're going to get into the however today, all right? Is not the way of life that you've learned. Because we're all, we're all Talmudine. We're all disciples of Jesus, yes? We're, we're following Him. When you heard about Christ and you were taught in Him accordance with the truth, that is Jesus. That's why we're doing what we're doing right now with our children. Um, they're learning at their age-appropriate levels in our junior hires, midweek, and right now. We're learning this. That there is a, a relearning of the patterns of our mind. Let's go to the next slide. You were taught. Everyone say taught. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Now I need you to know that word attitude is a choice. It's a choice of what we're going to allow into our thoughts and what we think we will do. To be made new in the attitude of your minds, verse 24, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's pray, everybody. So, Lord God, would you invade our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus now? Would you alert our hearts to what it is that we need to gain today so that we can be more like you? Jesus, we identify with the fact that there is evil and darkness in this world and we want to have nothing to do with it. We want to be in this world, but not of this world. Would you help us today, Holy Spirit, to navigate your truth of how we can live it out in a powerful way for your glory. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would go ahead, everyone, and have a seat. So as we're looking at it, really, we're talking about our thought life. We're talking about what we think. And what we think about something is ultimately going to be where we go and what we do. And Paul, as I mentioned, is writing to this first century culture in a pagan world. And he's saying there's an old way of how you used to live. And there's a new way of how I want you to live. When I was a youth pastor for like over a decade, I used to call it the world's way or God's way. And every day we have a decision of how we're going to live. Are we going to live for God or are we going to live for ourself? And this is this is the Mason-Dixon line of our spiritual life right now. It's whose way are we going to trust and to live out? Our old way, our old nature is a non-Christian or this new nature that we have in Christ Jesus. No, the Apostle Paul uses this, this, this word in verse 20, however. And it's this idea that, that it's gonna need to be different for us. It's gonna need to be, it's gonna be uniquely different than the world. But unfortunately, I think a lot of us would agree, we sometimes don't see a big difference between how Christians are living and how our culture is living. Do you agree with me on that, everyone? A lot of times it's very difficult to see how people um, act or live or spend or, or how they spend their time or invest their resources. It's just kind of just, it's just the same thing. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he talked about the fact that there was a time when, when we were um, an old self, he called it, and then we became a new creation. 
that the old was gone and that the new would come. You see, there was a time in our life, and every one of us, I need you to know something. As long as you've been at Bethany Church or you've been here, I need you to know there was a time in your life when you were not saved. Every one of us came into this world and we were broken. We were marred by sin. And there was, there was a time in our life where our cravings and our desires were not to please God, but they were to please ourselves. And I know for some of you that came to Christ later in life, you know what I'm talking about. But for some of you, there's a time in your life where, where as a child, you heard the gospel, you responded, and you began to live for Him. See, all of our spiritual journeys are different. But the one thing that we have in common is that we have a common enemy. It's the devil. And there's an enemy who has marred us, who, is, who has made us want to crave things that do not honor God. And where, where, he, where Paul is now saying is that you used to run to sinful things, I now want you to run from sinful things. You see, the idea here isn't that, that we're going to be sinless because we know there's only one person that was able to do that. and His name was Jesus. Amen. But really our goal isn't to be sinless, but it is to sin less. And, and it's sinning less is, is our way of bringing honor to God that our lives would be pure and our lives would be holy and our lives would be above reproach. And so as I do most weekends, I try to give you three things to think about when it comes to how can we live out this in the spirit against this sinful world and this nature that is at battle inside of us. So if you're taking notes, if you would write down number one, it is acknowledging our sinful nature. And I know for some of you, you're like, well, gosh, I really, I, that's not a struggle for me, Brent. I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that I have a sinful nature and I give it into it often a lot more than I wish I would. But there are some of us that we forget that there is a nature inside of us. And there's, there, there's this desire in us that we, we do what we wish we didn't want to do. We act on, on impulses. Stuff comes out of our mouth. We think things. We do those things. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul, who I just like to think of him as being kind of like a super saint, right? I mean, the guy, God used him in significant ways, wrote a lot of scripture, planted a lot of church, churches. But even in his words to the Roman church, he said, what a wretched man am I? Who will rescue me from this body? I'm reminded of, of Romans seven fifteen, where he says, I don't understand what I do for what I do. I don't want to do. You see, there is an extreme on this issue. And I just want to go ahead and give you the extreme of both of them. And I think either one of them is not healthy. One of them is, is that we think to ourselves, you know what? I have a sinful desire and I really can't control it. So I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do on Friday night and Saturday night. And then I'm going to come to church on Sunday and I'm going to ask for forgiveness and I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to get saved all over again. And I'm going to go ahead and do it the next week. And there's a lot of people that that basically summarize your high school and college life right there. Then there's the other side. And the other side of it is, is like, you know what? Not only do I not want to sin, but I never want to sin again. And so I'm going to set up a bunch of rules and regulations. I'm going to make sure that the hem length between my knee and my, the bottom of my skirt is the right way. I'm going to make sure that I, I don't, I don't drink, I don't chew, and I don't date girls who do. I'm going to, you know, it's going to become about what I don't do. And on one side, it can become what I've heard it called cheap grace. And the other side can become legalism. Do you see the, do you see the tension here, everyone? That, that there, there's, there, on the extremes, we get ourselves into trouble. 
But what, what I know is, is in verse 22 of our Scripture, we know that Paul's talking about there are these desires in us and they are deceitful. And there, there is this battle that is going on in all of our hearts and our minds. And what we need to do is we need to acknowledge that it exists. But I want to be real clear before I go into number two. We need to also be clear on who the battle is with. You see, as, as James said, our battle, uh, it, you know, it's not God that is tempting us. Actually, in James 1.13, he says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. We know that there's a battle, and we're going to talk about it in Ephesians chapter 6. But as we're walking out in the Spirit, we need to realize that there is a very real thing, and it's called sin. And I is in the middle of sin. You and I. I read something this last week, and it was kind of catchy. This is what it says about sin. That sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go, keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. And isn't that true? That there is sin in our life, and, and a lot of times we, we, we just, we acknowledge our sinful nature and we just camp out there. We, we, we don't shift, we don't move, we just, we're just almost like we're, we're powerless. And, and I want to say something to every one of you, if you're watching online. Is it possible for some of you that the reason why you feel powerless to this is because you've never truly yielded your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because there's a chance, there's a chance that you've been just trying harder, you've been going through the motions, you've been, you've been trying to connect the spiritual dots and you've been doing it all on your own, but you've never come to a place in your life where you have acknowledged your sinfulness and your need for a Savior. And I just want you to note that today, church, could be that day of salvation for you. And you don't have to try harder. It's not about what you do, but it's what Christ has done. Amen, church? So there's, there's parts of our life that, that, that we are struggling with. And the church, I don't know why it is that we feel like we can be real about that struggle in any other room except for this one right here on Sunday. Why is that? Well, number two. It's because of this, is that sometimes we, just, we, we refuse to reject our sinful nature. We become blinded by it. Or as we just got done singing in that last song, that there's a stronghold. And you know, a stronghold can go both ways. That we know that there are strongholds in our life, those, 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 those sinful desires and actions that we just can't break. Whether it has to do with anger, or has to do with greed, or has to do with overeating or, 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 or substance abuse or, or toxic relationships. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a sinful nature that for some of us, we, 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 it's almost like that's all we know. That's the bed that we've made. We're going to go to sleep in it. And we think there's not ever going to be a better way than just to live that life. And I need you to know that for all of us in Christ and even for those of us that are new in Christ, there has to come a time and a place and a point where we just come in and we say, not today, Satan. Not today. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm not going to click on that. I'm not going to go down this road, go down this street, believe these lies, because in so doing, what I'm doing is I'm giving into these desires of the evil one. And the Apostle Paul was saying, I insist that you stop doing it. Not out of legalism, but out of your love for a holy God. 
You know, there are sometimes you're sometimes surprised to hear certain stories of people's testimonies. I was reading this last week about one of my favorite Christian authors by the name of Max Lucado. Have you guys heard of Max Lucado before? Great pastor, written children's books. He's he's a pastor at a church in Texas. He would travel around with Christian artists and do the devotional times and just a just a delightful guy, godly man, incredible author. Um I read something this last week that I hadn't realized. And that it was about 20 years ago in the height of all his fame and where he was being asked to speak here and write this and go there that he began to turn to alcohol quietly. He was pastoring in San Antonio and he would drive across town. He just, he just buy alcohol, sit in the car and just drink it. And it was his way to cope with the pressure and the pain that he was experiencing. And I know for some of you, you, you never heard that before. A lot of times we, we put pastors, or we put spiritual leaders in positions of like, like esteem. And, and, and we should. We should honor. But what happens when the person in a position of honor has a struggle? What do we do with that? See, oftentimes, I call it, we turn them into spiritual pinatas. We love to raise them up and we love to celebrate And then we take our whacking sticks and we just try to see what comes out of them when we hit them. And, and what I, what I was reading, and I encourage you to go on the internet, look up Max Lucado's struggle. Because once again, if it's on the internet, it's true, right? But, uh, um, but look it up and what you're gonna realize is he's gonna say these words. He's gonna say, I had a secret struggle with alcohol abuse. It wasn't like having a beer or wine. It was like a lot. It became a part of his life where, where it controlled him. But he said, I could quit any time or so I thought. And then he said, I remember one day thinking to myself, I guess I could just take it or leave it. And this is what he said. If that is you, Christian, let me encourage you to leave it. So for those of us, we just need to be honest and transparent and acknowledge that there are parts of our life where we're powerless to. There's situations and circumstances in our life where we need to acknowledge that the struggle is there and that we need to be willing to just reject it, but that we need to do what Paul writes to the church in Galatia when he says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh and they're in conflict with each other so that you're not, you're not to do whatever you want. So for us, I think what we need to do is we just need to be willing to just acknowledge our struggle and we need to be willing to, as a church, say, you know what? It's important that we can come as we are, come into contact with Jesus Christ and leave changed. Amen, church. So I'm just going to give you, I'm just going to tip my hat a little bit to you right now. Next week, we're going to be sharing some, some exciting news about a new ministry that Bethany Church is going to be launching in the fall. And the heart of this is going to be that, that we would be able to create a safe space not only for our community beyond the walls, and that's important, but for our community right here where people can come as they are, come into the, to the loving, grace-filled arms of Christ, experience forgiveness and love, and leave change. Does that sound good, everyone? I'm just saying is, is we have to create that space. We have to be that church. Why? Because this world is broken. This world is hard. And if our whole thing is is to come in here on a Sunday morning and smile and and, and, and wave, we're going to be missing out on the point of it all together. So you see, third is this, if you guys are taking notes, is that we need to exchange our sinful nature. 
that we need to, it's not that we just stop doing wrong, but that we start doing what is right. Which is why until I, I preach my last breath, I'm going to be such an encouragement that we're all in God's Word every day. And that, that we're allowing God's Word to read us and that we're doing it in community and, and in accountability with others. Because when we're doing that, we're going, to be, we're going to be living out what Paul's saying, that we're going to be putting off our old self. We're going to be, we're going to be allowing our minds to be transformed. I, I just want you to remember that this is about our thought life. And what we choose to put in our mind will ultimately be lived out through our hands, our words, and our feet. Amen, church? And I need you to know that one of the reasons why this whole thing builds on the identity in Christ is because until we realize who we are in Christ, that we're accepted and secure and significant, we're, we're going to be susceptible to the lives of the enemy. We're never going to be able to walk in unity as a church, walk in the spirit of Christ, unless we realize who we are in him. And it starts in our mind. It starts with our attitude and it's a choice. And then this is what Paul does next. Um, on your notes, I'm going to go very quickly here. Uh, what he does is he kind of gives four examples of that that's different than the world and how we can live this out. Let me read for you, though, beginning in verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. As a reminder, Paul is writing to Christians living in Ephesus in a pagan culture. So he is now reminding them of what it looks like to be united in a lifestyle. He goes on to say, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. It's kind of interesting what he says there, right? Next next slide. Doing something useful with their own hands, what they may have something to share with those in need. And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So oh, I wish that wasn't there on a golf course. Um, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. And then wrapping it up here, this last verse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed. Everyone say sealed. Sealed for the day of redemption. See, we believe as we've been talking through just the role of the Holy Spirit in our life that there's a spiritual life in us at the moment of our salvation that we are not only saved, we are sealed and we are then sent out to live for Christ on mission. And how we're living it out is so important. And there are four things that I want to share with you that he says, and maybe, just maybe, one of these four things, the Lord is going to say, you know what? I want you to really focus in on that as your next step for this week. Number one, if you would write it down, is that we'd be people known for telling the truth. Tell the truth. Everyone say, tell the truth. Guys, we're living in a world full of lies. We're living in a world full of, of small talk, We've learned to kind of look at things suspectfully, like what's the catch? What's going on here? People are trying to, people are trying to, to deceive us. And I just think just without overcomplicating it, we need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. As believers, we need to be known as people that when we say we're going to do something, we do it. That we are known as people of integrity. 
So church, if there's something in your life right now where you have a decision, am I going to tell the truth or am I going to tell a lie? Paul would say, tell the truth. Number two, if you would write this down, is that we need to control our temper. That we need to control our temper. You know, Jesus was a passionate guy. And Jesus, we've seen a picture of him going into a temple court and, and, and he had righteous anger and he never sinned in it. And so a lot of times we think to ourselves, oh, well, to control our temper that, that you know, like, like, what does that look like? Well, in our Bible reading this week, we've been relooking at the Beatitudes and it said, you know, blessed are those who are meek. I just want to remind you that meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength or passion under control. And so for people that we can be passionate about life, but we don't have to sin in our anger and that we would not be known as angry people, but rather that we'd be known as the people of peace, a people of shalom who look for the good of others for the glory of God. Number three, if you would write this down, he says that we would be trustworthy, that we'd be the kind of people, and it's kind of weird, but Paul talks about here, like, make sure you don't steal. Show of hands. In the last couple of years, how many of you have been stolen from or broken into? Can I see any hands at all? Yeah, a lot. We're living in a world right now where it's literally people feel that whatever you have, it's theirs. And they can just, they don't even have to ask. They just break down stuff. And, and we're living in this world of looting and violence and crime. And I... And I know that we can, we can look at those newsreels on TV and we can say, oh, I'm so glad I don't live in that city or in that city. Friends, it's right here. And, and for us to be trustworthy isn't about breaking into someone's house or breaking into someone's car, but rather what it is, it's being trustworthy and honest and working a good day's wage and making sure that we're not cheating on our, our taxes, making sure that we're not manipulating a situation or circumstance for our advantage but rather that we'd be the kind of people of integrity where people would say, you know what? If, if, I, had, if I had to have an insurance guy, if I had to buy a car from, if I had to have an attorney, that would be the person that I would want and it would be you. That you'd be that kind of, that kind of person of integrity. And then the last one would be simply this, is that we would, oh, this is hard, that we would watch our Facebook posts. That we would watch what we're posting on social media. I don't know why it is, but it seems to me that we're living in a world right now where people feel like they can post whatever they want and take no responsibility for it whatsoever. You guys, have you noticed that lately? And I'm saying is I believe Paul is saying to all of us is we need to watch our words. That we need to, we need to look at our words and we need to ask ourselves, are our words building up or are they tearing down? Are our words um, speaking life? Or are they speaking death? And I just want you to be, be reminded of the fact that our words are powerful. And our words have the power to heal or the power to harm. And so for us to sing a song like, I speak Jesus, I need you to know that we need to watch our words. Take an accounting for all the things that we say and that we do. Why? Because the world is watching. And who are they seeing? I don't want them to see Brent but I want them to see Christ in me. Amen, church? So as the band makes their way up, we're going to close in this final song. Let me share with you the big idea one more time. The big idea is simply this. We want to be more like Jesus. And the way that we're going to be more like Jesus isn't going to be by trying harder. 
It's not by three happy hops and simple steps. No, quite the opposite. The way that we're going to become more like Jesus is by, um, by, by seeing who we are in Him, our identity. And then once we see who we are in Him, we're allowing our lives to be transformed by His love and His grace. And when we do that, uh, an incredible spiritual thing happens. We get a supernatural indwelling of the Spirit of the living God. And the things that you were previously powerless to, you now in Christ are empowered to live differently. So if you've never lived for Christ, if you've never given your life to Him, if you've been, been living this out on your own strength, you've been doing it your own might, your own way, today could be a day of salvation. Today could be a game changer. Maybe there's an area in your life where you've been struggling, where you've been holding on to. It's like a stronghold. Today could be a day where you could say, God, I'm going to give resentment of this person over to you. I'm going to give anger to you. This situation, this circumstance, this addiction. And I'm going to speak Jesus into that. For those of you watching on home, maybe it's an illness, it's a sickness, it's something that's happening. It's beyond your control. I need you to know that is fully within the everlasting open arms of God. Do you believe that, church? If you would, stand to your feet at this time as Christy and the band lead us in this final song of surrender. If you've not given your life to Christ, I pray that you do it here, that you do it now, and that you would experience the love and the freedom that can come from Christ and Christ alone. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.